We're going to go right ahead into prayer today. Gracious God, we thank you, Lord, for the many ways that you have already blessed us and will continue to bless us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, Lord. We want to see you, Jesus. We want to experience you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your presence this day. Help us, Lord, with the answers that we are pondering in our heart. Help us to determine your way, your will, your plan for our lives. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. So you all have an outline to follow along with me today if, if, it, if, if you find it helpful, amen. Um, what is the title of today's message? The Great Wickedness of the Human Race. How many of us have felt challenged by everything we have been hearing about in the news? It has been hard to hear about another shooting another death. I never imagined in my lifetime that I would feel nervous about going into a grocery store. I mean, I was going into to the grocery store the other day after the shooting, and I was like, well, should we watch our back? Can we walk in? Is it safe? I mean, we've never had to question if we could go to a post office, the grocery store, a library, schools, Churches, those places have always been so safe, or at least we thought they were safe, right? But there is a great wickedness amongst us as humans, and I looked up, I really wanted to know, what is the definition of evil? Do you all know, anybody can imagine, what do you think the definition of evil is? Satan. Say that again. Hatred. Anybody else? Any thoughts? A sinfulness. Abuse. Still kill and destroy. Some harmfulness, right? Sickness, illness. You know, when I looked up, and I mean, I really looked in several different places to figure out what the definition of evil is. And, you know, there are some words, when you define it, we all agree it's the same definition. It might be a little off a little bit, but basically most words have the same definition wherever you look at. But the word evil or the idea of evil does not have one set definition that everyone agrees upon. Some people don't even believe evil exists in the world. So you got to at least agree that it exists <laughs> so you can define it. But scientists, theologians, philosophers, everyday average people, pastors, politicians, humans in general, every human has tried to figure out what the bad is in the world and how to call it, how to name it. And some people call it evil. Some people call it sin. We as Christians call it sin. But there is a wickedness, a wickedness, say wickedness. There's a wickedness, and that wickedness doesn't just come from some obscure place. Where does the wickedness come from? It comes from Satan. Where else? The hearts of humans. We experience unimaginable torture, terror, and harm in our world every day. Even if we don't directly experience it, we observe other people experience it, right? Right? 
So ask your neighbor, what are we supposed to do? There is evil in this world. Tell your neighbor, there is evil. Let, let's just clear that up. There is no if evil exists or not. <laughs> evil does exist. And when I thought about if I had to define evil, what would I say? My definite, uh, definition of evil is when you know there is a God, but you actively work against God. You see, some people choose to not accept Christ, right? And some people say, well, I'm just going to live a good life. But some people say, you know what? I'm not going to accept Christ and I'm going to live a bad life. I'm going to actively try to hurt people. It's hard to imagine that, isn't it? But we all know people like that exist, don't we? They really exist. From the beginning of human existence, we have been determined to have wicked hearts. We as humans have been determined to have sinful hearts. Why? If God loves us, if God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everything, all-loving, why would he create us and we have this, this wickedness about us? Anybody have an answer to that? Why would he create us? Go ahead. Free will. Anna hit it right out the box. Free will. Doesn't want to force us to love him in return, right? But God created us knowing that we were going to be the evil people, wicked people that we are. Even the scripture that we have today, I don't know if you all are able to put the scripture up today from Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Let's read this together. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. Wow. Wow. Tell your neighbor, wow. We think the world is bad and corrupt right now, isn't it? We feel like the world could possibly not get any worse. But guess what? The world can get much worse. The world has been much worse. What was this world that Noah and the people in his time experienced when God made this statement? You see, at this time, back in the day with Noah, there were no police departments. You couldn't call 911. How many of us remember when 911 came to be? Y'all remember when 911 came? Okay, y'all don't want to tell y'all age. <laughs> it wasn't always a 911 that you could call. It was a time where people could behave as if there was no God. There was no rules. It was no help. It was every person for themselves. Who would like to live in a world like that? None of us, right? So the world was wicked. But think about this. How much evil, how much sinfulness had to be in the world 
for God to destroy not just the humans, but the animals, the birds, even the little bugs that crawl along the ground. God said, I'm going to get rid of it all. That was a pretty bad place to live in, right? And if we look at our world today, what type of sinfulness do you all see in the world today? What do we see? Murder. Greed. Stealing. Sexual immorality. Fear. Gossip. Slander. It is everything and then some. The hatred, the in. The hatred, the injustice, all of the isms, right? I think some days God must look at our world and his heart must still be deeply troubled. He must look at, he said, look, didn't y'all read that story of Noah? Didn't you read the story about the boat? Don't you know with one word I can wipe all of y'all out? Humans have not learned their lesson, have we? You know, my friends, sometimes I'll be out and we'll be talking about the things that's happening in the world. And you may be like me and you've heard people say, I don't understand why all this is happening. Anybody ever had that happen? Are you say, Why? Why? Why would they go shoot up a grocery store? Why would they, you know, traumatize people? Why is there a war in Ukraine? Why? We ask these questions, right? What's the one word answer for that? Sin. It all boils down to sin. And we don't talk enough about sin, do we? People don't even understand that they are sinners. Do you understand you are a sinner today? Every one of us should have woke up. I know we say, good morning, God. What is your plan for us today? And we say that because why? We know we're sinners. If left up to our own devices, guess what? We're going to get in a whole lot of trouble. We need to understand sin because we are sinners. And we don't talk about sin enough. And you see, saints, when we truly understand just the sinful creatures that we are, we experience what's called an agony. Say agony. It's called the agony of the soul. Where internally you can't be comfortable because you know that you are so horrible. You are such an awful person. And when I say you, I'm talking about me too. When I look in the mirror sometimes, I'm like, oh, I thought I was good, but I am not good. Who believes you might be one of the worst sinners on the planet? Anybody? We all should be. Because even though we can sit down and be self-righteous and say, well, I didn't murder anybody and I didn't rape anybody and, you know, I never really stole that much. We are all capable. Tell your neighbor you're capable. We look around and say, oh, I would never do that. Oh, yes, you would. Oh, I could not possibly me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, you could. All of us are capable of the worst atrocities, every single one of us. And that's why talking about sin is important. In our world, we have real conditions. We have sinfulness. We have evilness. And then someone also mentioned we have Satan. And Hassan said it well. Satan is here to do what? Kill, 
and destroy. You all got it. But it's so hard to talk about sin in our world today and evilness because people always say we're judging them. Those Christians are always judging everybody. Those Christians are always judging everybody. We cannot talk about sin because people have kind of turned it around and says, you're judging me if you say that. How are we supposed to talk about sin, suffering, and evil if every time we mention something, somebody's feelings get hurt? Anybody ever had a situation like that? Trying to tell someone about their feelings, their sinfulness, and they're like, you're hurting my feelings. (laughs) We're supposed to feel bad. Tell your neighbor you're supposed to feel bad. When we learn about our sin, we're not supposed to say, (laughs) woo-hoo. When we learn about our sin, we're supposed to agonize. We're supposed to say, who, me? We're supposed to say, what can I do to figure this out so that I can be better? We're supposed to feel sorrow and agony. But we're not supposed to stay in a dark place. Because there's always the hope of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was completely aware of human sin. Jesus, in fact, surrounded himself with sinners. The moment he entered the planet, he was surrounded by sinners. He could have stayed in heaven, not having to be down here with us. He surrounded himself. He enmeshed himself in evil. Check this out. Jesus knew the hatred that people had for him in their hearts. How many of y'all realize somebody probably hates you today? Somebody probably doesn't like you very much today. (laughs) I know most days I think, oh, you know, people probably like me. Nope. (laughs) Sometimes I feel them darts hitting my back. (laughs) Stop talking about me. Jesus knew from day one how many people would hate him. He also knew how many would betray him. Our our New Testament scripture, and if we can look at Luke chapter 22, verse 22, Jasmine, if you're able to put that on the screen. This is the Last Supper, right? And Jesus is with his disciples. And you would think if you're with your disciples, your homeboys, right? Your people that's supposed to love you. We would think that they would at least protect you, right? Let's read this together. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is my... The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. Jesus knew well before he sat down with Judas that Judas would betray him. They had walked together. They had worked together. They had prayed together. I mean, Judas was that ideal. He was smart. He was handsome. He was talented. He was everything we would expect a good person to be. But the entire time, say entire time, he was plotting some evil in his heart. He had some sinfulness in his heart. 
And yet, say and yet, Jesus, who knows all of us, he knows the times when we will be in line with him and the times when we will be out of line with him. And yet, say and yet, he loves us. Jesus knows all human sins. Every single one he already knows and understands. And yet, say and yet, he loves us. Understanding our sinfulness helps us to appreciate and understand the sacrifice and the love that Jesus has for all of us. I love counselors. Anyone ever had a good counselor? I know it seems like I'm going off track. But when we have mental conditions, when we're struggling with depression or sadness or whatever we're struggling with, we're told to go to a counselor, right? And we should. Tell you never, go get you some counseling. (laughs) Because here is the reality. It is hard, incredibly hard to live in this world. It is so difficult some days, and we know it's challenging because some people decide, I don't even want to live here anymore and take their own lives. Is that hard. But you see, saints, the counseling is helpful. It is so good. But tell your neighbor, you need more. What is it the more that we need? Jesus. We need the word of God. We need the Bible. You see, having an understanding and a knowledge that this world is sinful and evil helps us to navigate and live in this world. We need help. Tell your neighbor, you know you need help. And especially for Christians. This is why I wanted to make sure to get this message in today. You see, the most difficult part of sin, evil, and wickedness, and suffering is that we as Christians, say we as Christians, we are called to love anyway. We are called to forgive anyway. And we're like, what? I mean, how many of you all watch those interviews of the the families that have been victims? And you can tell they're Christians, right? Some of them have even talked about their faith. And you're like, what? This man out of nowhere can come in the room and kill everybody, and yet I'm still supposed to love him. I'm supposed to forgive. Hmm. I told you all about five years ago when when our son D'Angelo was killed in a, a... alcoholic drunken driving accident and how are we supposed to love somebody who could care less about my life my husband's life and our son's life what you know we can sit in counseling all day every day and I encourage you to do so because we did But the reality of getting to that place of being a Christian and loving and forgiving and being in this evil and forsaken world, that takes Jesus. 
That takes going on your knees every day and praying. That takes getting your Bible and, and knowing that there is a bigger picture and a bigger plan that none of us can understand. It does not make sense that there are so many killings. It does not make sense that there is a war, not just one war, but many wars happening in our world. It does not make sense that kids are being kidnapped and raped and abused. It does not make sense that people are stealing and killing all day long. Even while we're sitting here right now, someone is being hurt. You see, the church is being challenged in new yet old, say yet old. We are being challenged in new yet old ways. This isn't new. Since the beginning with Cain and Abel, the selfishness, the jealousy, the hatred, the killing. Since the original sin, all of this. Nothing is new under the sun. Amen. That's what scripture says. And some people would think, still, how can we have an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God and all of this be happening? Our Old Testament scripture, Ezekiel, says, yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. Hear you Israelites, is my way unjust? God is asking the Israelites, are you blaming me? For what you all do? He loved us enough to give us choice. He loved us enough to give us free will. He loved us enough to set us free. And then we turn around and blame God. Well, God, it was because of you. Like Adam said, you gave me the woman, Lord. It's because of you. But we all have choice. Tell your neighbor, we all have choice. We all have decision power in this world. And a big reason why we come to church, why we read the word, why we go to Bible study, why we do all the things that we're doing is preparation. Say preparation. What are you being prepared to do? Live in this world. Tell your neighbor I'm being prepared to live. Every single day. Every day we come to church, we have Bible study, we pray so we can be prepared for the enemy, prepared for the darkness, prepared even for our own evil hearts. Because sometimes it's not somebody else that's causing the problem, it's us that's causing the problem. We have all made a very difficult choice. A very difficult decision. You may not even acknowledge it every day, but every single day, you have made a difficult choice. Tell your neighbor you made a difficult choice. What is that choice? You chose to live as a Christian in this world. You chose to understand prophecy and, and that God has a plan that we don't even understand and cannot see. You see... I said at the beginning of this message, there are those who choose to not have Jesus in their hearts. There are those who actively choose to go against God every single day. There are those who plot and plan, and they want Christians to fail. Tell your neighbor, they want us to fail. So what do we have to do? Stand. Keep getting up, not giving up. Keep talking to other people who don't know Jesus yet. 
We commit to this lifestyle because we have a knowledge and an understanding that only comes from the Holy Spirit. We know that this is not the end. Thank God this is not the end. If this was all of human existence is the violence, the murder, the greed, the betrayal. If this was it, my God. Thank God we know that there's more to this. And we get up every day. Say every day. And we keep living our lives as Jesus lived. You see, it says in the book of James, consider it pure joy. Say pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let your perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Say anything. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Say don't doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed to and fro. You don't want to be tossed to and fro, amen. We are here being tested and challenged in new ways. But tell your neighbor, you've already won. We already have won. Why have we won? Because Jesus has won. Jesus had the victory and we have the victory with him, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so grateful that even in this dark and forsaken world, you have provided a light. Give us comfort on the days, Lord, when we don't understand, when we don't, we can't comprehend what is going on in the world around us. Help us to be mindful, Lord, of our sinful hearts and the sinfulness of others. Help us, Lord, to stand ready with you for the battle against Satan, Lord. He cannot kill us. He cannot steal us. He cannot destroy us as long as we are with you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and we honor you. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Saints.